The Cell Phone Junkie Podcast, episode 357 for March 31st, 2013. T-Mobile launches new plans, new devices, and a new network. BlackBerry announces surprising quarterly earnings, and multiple devices get updated to Jelly Bean. My name is Mickey Papillon. And I'm Joey Coppas. Brought to you each week by the Cell Phone Junkie Podcast app, available now for Android and the iOS for $1.99. Well, first today, happy Easter, everybody, and a quick announcement that the Cell Phone Junkie Podcast will be taking next week off due to some scheduling conflicts. Now, I know what you're thinking. We've never done this, but uh, we've got some things that are going on, so we're, we're going to have to do it, but we do plan to be back for show number 358 on the 15th of April. Yeah, and it's not because you don't want to be here to do the show. We both really want to, but uh, I don't think you'll actually have your studio set up in time. Nope, I'm uh, I'm going to actually be doing some things that are going to require uh, an internet connection to not be available, and I'll just leave it at that, and we'll talk about it more in an upcoming show. But before that, let's talk about the news of this week. First off, AT&T announcing this week the increased expansion of its LTE 4G network. New markets include Mobile, Alabama, Harrison, Eureka Springs, Alpena, Belfonte, Berryville, Carleton, and Valley Spring, Arkansas, Waterbury and Meriden, Connecticut, Princeton, New Jersey, Watertown, New York, Athens, Ohio, and Hilton Head, South Carolina. T-Mobile on Tuesday held an event where it announced the launch of its 4G LTE network, devices that can take advantage of it, and new plans with cheaper price points than ever before. The new 4G network is live in seven markets around the U.S. Those include Baltimore, Houston, Kansas City, Las Vegas, Phoenix, San Jose, and Washington, D.C. Now, according to T-Mobile, the LTE network will cover 100 million Americans by the middle of the year and 200 million by the end of the year. And along with those new markets, T-Mobile announced some of its current devices that would be receiving hardware updates to take advantage of the new LTE network. Those include the Samsung Galaxy S4 and the Galaxy Note 2, the BlackBerry Z10, HTC One, and T-Mobile Sonic 2.0 mobile hotspot. The uh, Galaxy S4 is set to arrive on May 1st, while the HTC One is expected for a spring launch. The Galaxy Note 2, currently on sale at T-Mobile, will get an over-the-air update to let it use the carrier's LTE network. The Galaxy S4 and HTC One will both sell for it. $99 on 24-month installment plans. Now, the one of the biggest carrier's announcements, though, came in the form of the iPhone, where T-Mobile announced that it will be offering customers the Apple iPhone 5, 4S, and 4. Pre-orders of the iPhone 5 begin on April 5th, with the device in stores on April 12th. The Apple iPhone 4S and 4 will be available in select markets sometime in at a later date. Now, as for pricing, the iPhone 5 will require a $100 down payment with $20 monthly installments added to a customer's bill. The customer can choose to pay full price for a device, which comes in at only $579, and that is significantly lower, about $70 lower than Apple's current unlocked pricing. And didn't they read that they were going to be selling like 32 and 64 models and not the 16? Um, yeah, you know, and that that actually came up too, and you know, so the the pricing for those is, is higher, but it's it's not at the same price points as what you get them right now from Apple. So they're still cheaper, and and I think it's you know seventy or eighty or ninety bucks depending on the size of the the, the device that you get uh, and and how much cheaper they are. But it's interesting, just because of what we've seen so far. If you go to Apple and buy, it doesn't matter what carrier it is up until now, that device, that flagship device that they had, is six hundred and fifty dollars for the low end model. Model and hundred dollars more for each additional for the the two different sizes that are above that, and, and they're coming in like I said seventy bucks lower than this, and I think that's just 
it's just, it's 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 fascinating that they were able to score this good of a deal. So, uh, but nonetheless, if you're with T-Mobile and you decide to go with an iPhone five, it's only a hundred bucks versus any other carrier is two hundred bucks, and then you'll be able to get yourself on after the twenty. I think it's twenty months that you have to pay these uh, these payments to them. Uh, then it just stops. So if you choose one of their new plans, which we'll get to in just a second, um, you're you're set after you're set after that. So it's it's pretty good. I I like what they're doing here. Uh, talking about these other two devices, the iPhone four. S will require only a $70 down payment and then of course $20 in monthly payments thereafter and the iPhone 4 only 15 bucks down and $15 in monthly payments. Now according to T-Mobile, Apple has created a custom version of the iPhone 5 for T-Mobile's network. It supports T-Mobile's LTE network in addition to the HSPA Plus that they have on the 1700 and 1900 megahertz spectrum. T-Mobile is also the only US carrier to support the iPhone 5's wideband audio capability which T-Mobile calls HD voice. The iPhone 4S and 4 will not be customized for T-Mobile's LTE network, of course, but can access the HSPA Plus service in the 1900 megahertz band. So keep that in mind if you do decide to go with one of those models. Now, T-Mobile's variant of the 5 is the same model number, i.e. the A1428. That 1428 is the one that's sold by AT&T, and it does have some unique tweaks to it that make it compatible uh, with T-Mobile's network for both the WCDMA and HSPA Plus stuff that takes it, that allows it to take advantage of the 1700 megahertz AWS spectrum. The unlocked uh, 1428 iPhone 5s sold by AT&T and Apple will be able to work on T-Mobile's LTE and HSPA on the 1900 megahertz networks with just a minor software update, but will never work on T-Mobile's WCDMA or HSPA plus 1700 megahertz network. So, you know, uncharacteristic for Apple, here they go. Let's uh, create the same variant and make a T-Mobile version. We thought the day would never come when they'd be uh, kind of catering to that, but you know, it's a new, uh, new market out there, new world. Apple's kind of just doing all the little variations here. Yeah, well, and I think I think they think that this is actually going to be a pretty big thing for them, and I I think it will for people that are looking for the for a cheaper plan. And I think the iPhone is still the phone that most people aspire to get in many cases, and this is going to be a, a great thing for to be able to pick up the phone for only a hundred bucks and add twenty bucks onto your plan, which again we'll get to in just a second. And, and you've got a, a pretty good uh, option here for a lot of people, and so this is this is a great thing for them. Uh, but what all that means with you know what this fourteen twenty eight variant between the two is that. That only the iPhone 5s sold by T-Mobile will have full high-speed data coverage from day one. Apple, however, will be phasing out the existing 1428 hardware in favor of the new version, which means feature phones from AT&T may actually also work with the AWS uh, bands on the WCDMA stuff. So um, that current A1428 will work only on T-Mobile's network, uh, and it is not a, uh, it is notably slower than the modified version, uh, i.e. it's not going to work on the 1700, only on the 1900 megahertz stuff. So what, basically what that means is 21 megabits per second, only not the 42 stuff uh, that we see on T-Mobile uh, in their uh, HSPA, um, not H- yeah, HSPA, 1700 stuff. So I- anyway, that hopefully that uh, is is about as clear as what it sounds like. It's, it's, it's a lot of stuff here, but basically there's a new variant that's coming out that's going to be re- replacing AT&T's model, and AT&T's model will not work uh, on all of the T-Mobile bands, but they will work on LTE and on HSPA when it's on 1900 megahertz. We'll leave it at that. Okay, now, uh, this also uh, was one of the more interesting press conferences that we've seen in quite a while. Um, if you took some time to actually watch some of the, the snippets from it, 
CEO John uh, Laguerre kicked off the event uh, with what can only be described as a tirade against competitors uh, that the carrier has. Um, his tagline um, was uh, stop the BS, and uh, he was emphasizing, except he didn't say BS, he was emphasizing that there isn't a person out there that understands, quote, how this mess works, basically saying that as customers, we are all overpaying, and T-Mobile is out to change that. Finally, with these plans, as expected, the new cheap plans out there are fairly straightforward, and as we talked about last week, they are uh, pretty much exactly the same as what we thought they were going to be. They're called Simple Choice, and they all do away with the traditional two-year contract, But and they all come with unlimited talk and text. So the differences come down to the data options. So for 50 bucks a month, you get 500 megabytes of high-speed data, and then rates throttle down to 2G speeds after you hit that limit. Heavier data users can opt for a 2-gigabyte plan, which offers unthrottled data for an extra 10 bucks a month or $60 total for a fully unlimited 4G that will uh, get you up to that 2 gig limit. Then if you want fully unlimited 4G, you can choose an extra $20 a month or $70 total, and that will get you unlimited data, unlimited text, and of course, unlimited talk. Now, the second line, if you want to add on, will run another $30 on top of that with each additional line after that costing $10 a piece. Now, as Android Central uh, notes in this, there are some changes in the way that T-Mobile is handling the plans for tablets, hotspots, and other devices too. So if you have a standalone device on your own account, the options start at $20 a month for that 500 megabytes of unthrottled data and go up to $80 for 12.5 gigabytes. If you're adding that device to an existing account though, it simply counts as an extra line costing the same $10 for 500 megs or an extra $20 for unlimited data. So not a bad option if you're adding in some tablets here, which you know, for those that have iPads, you're not going to get LTE, but you can still get HSPA plus service on there if you're in one of these 1900 megahertz markets. So good, good news there. So what else does this mean for customers? Well, um, there was a uh, there was a post that was out there by uh, the group Zag, who of course sells all the accessories, that uh, really went through three of the four networks, um, or all four networks, and came out that, that three of them actually cost the same annually uh, when attempting to get as close as possible for like-for-like like, uh, cost in here. So T-Mobile, going with T-Mobile's contract-free option will save you $580 over two years, and that is based off of a single-line plan and four gigs for data on both Verizon and AT&T. However, here's the interesting part. If you go to a family plan, a couple pays marginally more on T-Mobile than on either Verizon or AT&T, and a family of four pays even more to do so. So for a couple of two, it's about $4,000 for shared data on Verizon and AT&T, and that's the same price basically that you'd get for unlimited data on T-Mobile. So it's, it's, it kind of comes down to the fact, are you looking for truly unlimited data, or are you looking for uh, a, a, you know better a better network? And I, I kind of cringe as I say that because it doesn't mean that AT&T or Verizon are better, but I'll just say a more robust network that currently covers more places with an LTE uh, network. It's a, it's really an interesting uh, analysis you have to do to make this decision. I mean, luckily, you're no longer under two-year contract uh, if you buy your phone outright, but you have to deal with either uh, returning it back to them, and I know they give you some sort of money back for it, or you have to uh, deal with the, um, you know, selling it outright. So, it, it, you know, the device becomes your liability, not the uh, ETF fee that you'd pay. So uh, you do have to kind of look at the analysis, but also you have to deal with which network is best for your area. And I know T-Mobile, like here in the Twin Cities, is uh, pretty robust and pretty good. So I think that, uh, you know, I recommend it over Sprint, that's for sure. And and that's what I, I, I it's interesting to compare this T-Mobile event to Sprint. And how little you see of Sprint. You see some marketing from them. Yeah, you see commercials. Oh, we're truly unlimited, but that they're not, I mean, anymore because really we've got uh, T-Mobile as the serious competition and 
and uh, T-Mobile is really stepping up the marketing, and I think that will uh, really benefit for them. I think it will too, and I, I I do think that there will be a lot of people that actually are you know kind of take this announcement and these new plans as you know a breath of, of fresh air, so to speak. But at the same time, people are in contracts right now, and you know when you are in something, especially if you're looking for an iPhone, maybe you already have an iPhone five, and because of that, you're probably locked into either AT and T or T Mobile, like Joey, both you and I are, and so there's no way that I'm going to spend you know whatever it is uh, three hundred bucks or whatever to get out of my contract right now because then I'm going to want to also sell my my iPhone and get the one that actually works appropriately on T-Mobile's network. So it just is not, it's not something I'm going to do right now, but it's something I will certainly consider as uh, time marches on here and and things are in a different position where maybe contracts are coming up or whatever. But if you're not under a contract right now and you're thinking about, you know, making a switch, if T-Mobile works in your area, this is a... Um, Pretty compelling way to go. Now, I do have a. I want to make one recommendation for those that are are, are want to make this switch. I think T-Mobile is going to keep it how they usually do, where you can you can go in, you can get a new line, you can test it out, and you have I think 14 days to return it if it doesn't work out for you. However, if you don't want to make the jump just yet, still highly recommend going and picking up a T-Mobile prepaid SIM. Um, and you know, with the ones that we you know that we've talked about on the show, you can get them for as cheap as 30 bucks, which will give you five gigs of data and a, a little bit of minutes uh, to use their as well and you can try it out and see how it works and i think it would be it for me if i didn't know if t-mobile was a good network for me i'd probably want to do that in advance just to check it out and uh, see to make sure that the data speeds were good and that the voice and uh, voice was good enough for me as well yeah and that also brings up kind of another point here we've got uh we've got a bunch of prepaid options on t-mobile and we also have mvno that runs on t-mobile as well with the straight talk and some of the others and you have to be careful because uh, roaming varies and sometimes you've got uh, voice roaming and sometimes you don't um, with also these plans since these are actual T-Mobile branded plans you probably have more roaming options and more roaming data than you have on like the prepaid side which you don't have roaming data at all if you get that $30 a month uh, Walmart plan there's no data roaming you do get, you do get some voice roaming but uh, then they go a, st- uh, a step back with the T-Mobile, uh, the, the other one, the Straight Talk, you don't have uh, voice roaming even. So you do have to look into those little details, too, depending on how you travel and depending on what your needs are. So here's, here's something else, too, and I, I don't think we mentioned this, that you get on all these plans, you do get some tethered data uh, support. So you can use it for hotspot uh, support there as well. If you do choose the unlimited plan, you only get, I think, 500 megs it is total uh, to use for, for tethered data, but uh, you still do get the option there. And it, it is nice to, to see that you, do, you, can, you can still do that if you need to. Um, and I, I think about that because if you are if you're someone who's looking to make a change over to them there's going to be a reason for that if it's to save money and you think you can get by with only 500 megs which a lot of people will be able to do no problem then you're you're probably going to be just fine there um, you know, I would probably spend the extra 10 bucks to get the two gigs just to be safe. I don't think I'd need unlimited though, because, and even if you do, you can always make that change up to it. You're still going to have data. It's not like you're going to get charged extra for it. It's just going to get slowed down. And, uh, so maybe there's a month or something that you need to, to ratchet it up to unlimited or whatnot, but I don't, I don't see that as being the, the norm, but either way, some great options here. And I really like what T-Mobile has done. They've totally set themselves apart. And I think that's what they needed to do here. They didn't necessarily need to come in and you know and blow things out with ultra cheap plans but they did they didn't need to come out with an iphone but they did and uh what what i think they needed to do was separate themselves from the other carriers and really say look we are no longer we don't have contracts anymore 
I don't think this is going to be a, a card that falls that knocks all the other cards down, i.e. the other carriers get rid of their contracts, but it certainly makes other pinks people think about it and will be a good thing for those that are for, that are not in uh, in favor of signing a new contract. So I, I do think that's all very, very good for them. And uh, I like it. I like it a lot. So I was excited to see all the announcements that they had and definitely the biggest news here of the week. Well, BlackBerry on Thursday reported its fiscal fourth quarter earnings, stating that it sold 1 million units of its new flagship Z10 smartphone, but lost 3 million subscribers worldwide. The subscriber base fell to 76 million. That's down from the 79 million at the end of the previous quarter and 80 million the quarter before that. But all told, BlackBerry said it sold 6 million smartphones during the quarter, including the Z10 sales, which started on January 31st. But that doesn't include anything from U.S. carrier launches, which all have happened here within the last couple of weeks. During the conference call, Torsten Hines said that 75% of the BlackBerry 10 devices shipped have been sold, and BlackBerry also said that it sold around 370,000 BlackBerry tablets. But BlackBerry announced with much fanfare earlier this month that an unnamed established partner had placed an order from one mil- for 1 million BlackBerry 10 smartphones, the company's largest single order ever, and though the company has declined to name the purchaser, it is wireless device distributor Brightstar, and that's according to an All Things Digital report. Uh, all the companies, though, have declined to comment on that report and supposedly what i read that was a distributor for verizon so that's kind of what uh, the, the the rumor was yeah and that's i think a, a you know that's a big testament to you know they're they're gonna really i think be putting some marketing behind this one uh as they have with other blackberry launches if you remember the storm in the past and whatnot it's 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 certainly going to be a device that that verizon customers care about because most of the people that are on blackberries that want to stick with blackberries are on verizon exactly and that's uh and it, it makes sense yeah, it does. Well, uh, back to this good news here. The company said that it made a net profit of $98 million. That's a reversal from a loss of $125 million just a year ago. Uh, BlackBerry said a revenue for the fourth quarter came in at $2.67 billion. That's just 2% from its fiscal third quarter, but down 36% from the $4.2 billion it had in the year-ago period. BlackBerry said 61% of its revenue in the quarter was from hardware. 36 came from service revenue, and 3% came from software and other revenue. So interesting numbers there because keep in mind that as they start to transition away from the legacy BlackBerry uh, OS that they've used for you know the past decade these new BB10 devices do not have that uh, service that's going to be coming in from the customers anymore because there's no tie-in for them to be using the BlackBerry services and they're, there's, you know, they're not going to be tied into the, the BIS or a BES. It's all being done through different services. So that, that's going to change a little bit here. And so we'll see how that affects their, their earnings here going forward. Also, according to Gartner, BlackBerry captured 3.5% of the global smartphone market in the fourth quarter. That's down from 8.8% in the year ago period. Similarly, research firm Comscore found that BlackBerry captured 6.4% of the U.S. market in December of 2012 down from 8.4% in September of 2012. Finally, BlackBerry announced that Mike Lazaridis has decided to retire as vice chair and a director of the company. Lazaridis co-founded BlackBerry nearly 30 years ago and served as the co-CEO of the company until last year when Torsten Hines took over. When device news, Apple this week, uh, shortly after the announcement that T-Mobile would be getting the iPhone 5, a new jailbreak tweak was released that lets you use the T-Mobile's recently launched LTE network on its current iPhone 5. The website Lee Mobile has posted instructions that claims that you just need to load a custom carrier file onto your iPhone and enable LTE on T-Mobile's network by using either an unlocked AT&T model A1428 or the officially unlocked A1428. 
In Android news, AT&T on Thursday announced that it will begin accepting pre-orders for the Samsung Galaxy S4 starting on April 16th. AT&T priced the Galaxy S4 at $249, but does not specify the size of the S4. It does, uh, will, or will, I should say, come in 1632 or 64 gigabyte models. AT&T also did not say when the device will be available for purchase. U.S. Cellular indicated via its website on Friday that customers can pre-order the Samsung Galaxy S4 beginning on April 16th. They did not disclose the pricing or availability. And Facebook holding an event in uh, Menlo Park, California this week, April 4th to be exact, introducing something new on the Android front. The invite to the event says, come and see our new home on Android. The rumored announcement ranges from a device that can be or will be developed and has been developed in collaboration with HTC all the way to something that is more of a redesigned app for the Android OS. And I think this is pretty uh, this is pretty interesting here. I mean, we've been talking about what's going to be a Facebook phone for many, many years. In fact, I think this was something that you said in one of our prediction shows here, or what I'm saying this past year for this year, that we would see something like that. So I don't know. What do you think? What do you think we're going to see? Yeah, I'm not sure. You know, it seems like the, the, the fad of Facebook has kind of maybe subsided a little bit. So maybe wouldn't have as much power to actually have a dedicated Facebook phone. But, you know, you never know. I mean, there, there could be huge numbers in that because, you know, people want to do that on the go, you know, maybe, maybe. But uh, more likely it's just going to be the uh, the app, I would imagine. Yeah. And, you know, I think the the idea of having a phone is it sounds better than it actually is because I know a lot of people are going to want more than just a phone that's tricked out for Facebook. I mean, you can already do that with some of these skins like HTC Sense. I mean, they, they allow for some pretty you can basically make it a Facebook phone with the latest version. Exactly, but the only way that would it would work differently, or it would have to be different, where it would there'd be no data plans involved, and it would just be a a, a simple phone to to just do the Facebook connection or or something like that. Yeah, I'm not. Uh... I, I don't, I'm, I'm not sold on it quite yet, but I'm also trying to hold, you know, reserve judgment here until we actually see what happens. But uh, uh, it, it's it's going to happen on Thursday. Uh, we'll see the announcement. We'll talk about it on uh, not the next show, but the one after that. So anyway, it should be very interesting uh, to hear. So uh, finally, in Android stuff, we had uh, look. If you're looking to max out the HTC One, it looks like AT and T is going to be your carrier. The 64 gigabyte variant of the device appears to be an AT and T exclusive. Uh, the 32 gigabyte HTC One will also be available for. AT&T, though there's no word on exactly how much uh, either one will be or when the exact arrival date will be, though we've heard April is about as mo- the most specific time frame as HTC has mentioned. In software news this week, Google on Monday releasing a new version of Google Plus for both Android and iOS. Uh, the iOS version of Google Plus gains several photo editing capabilities, including crop, rotate, and the ability to apply filters. The iOS app also gains a new profile design, new notifications tray, new setup flow for new users as well as the ability to control the volume of posts in each stream and filter search results. The Android version has many of the same improvements, but also adds adds visual elements. Both are free in their respective app stores. Google on Wednesday released an update to its iOS version of Gmail. The most significant change is the ability to swipe from one email message to another versus going back to the inbox to jump to the next message. The new Gmail app makes batch operations easier as well, such as archiving or deleting multiple messages at the same time. 
Gmail version 2.1 for iOS is available for free in the iTunes App Store. On the Android side, Google on Wednesday updating Google Translate for Android, giving it the ability to perform language translations while offline. The new version of Translate for Android requiring Android 2.3 and up offers 50 downloadable language packs. Google Translate for Android is a free download. AT&T on Tuesday announcing that the Samsung Galaxy Express will be updated to Android 4.1 Jellybean in the coming days. The free update can be installed over the air. Uh, Sprint and the Epic 4G Touch began receiving the Jellybean update as well, though it's due to its size only available through a keys service for the download. And finally, Sprint on Friday announcing that the Android 4.1 Jellybean update is now available to the Samsung Galaxy S2. Along with the standard Jellybean features, several custom Galaxy S3s have been uh, have been included added, including Smart Stay, Direct Call, and uh, Pop Up Play. The update must be installed via USB cable through Samsung's Simple Update tool, or of course the Keys software. A couple of questions this week. First up, a question from Mike. He says, Mickey and Joey, I know you've still probably got a lot to say, or you've got a lot to say about T-Mobile's new pricing and network plans, but I'm still at a loss to explain why they'd continue to lock their phones. In theory, it's supposed to ensure that you don't just hop on another carrier with a phone you didn't fully own. But that theory doesn't make sense since you've now signed into a financing agreement. Even if you did move to another carrier, you'd still be billed every month for your phone or you'd have to buy out the balance at the full retail price. So what incentive is there to lock people into T-Mobile if they're still paying off their device? It's a very not, uh, it's not very uncarrier like since it actually harms those who travel abroad while still fulfilling the terms of the device's financing agreement, even though that they're still paying off their monthly bills. The same logic applies more broadly to the other carriers as well. But I choose to focus on the company that wants to be known as the quote uncarrier. Love to hear your thoughts. Thanks and love the show. Best. Mike. Well, you know, I totally agree with you, Mike, here. It is true you are paying off the phone in the monthly installments, but I think that their take on it is, is that you don't truly own it until it's paid off. And um, I do agree, though, for those that travel internationally, it really does stink if you do want to use your own SIM. But I really hope that they still keep the policy in place that allows you to unlock it if you're in situations like this. And I think typically what it is is what 90 days in your account is in good standing, and then you can do that. Uh, but yeah, for, for the 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 type of company that they think uh, you know that they want to be it would be nice to be able to do that but I but I you have to look at their logic I think as well and that's that most people aren't going to be in these situations and if you are then hopefully you've been there you know long enough to where they don't feel you're a flight risk with a device and again account good standing you've been there 90 days and and then they'll unlock it for you yeah and that's the one thing I guess it's uh you know like if you don't pay your uh, car loan they'll just come repossess the car but the phones are a lot harder to do that with so I think that's probably the uh uh, the strategy behind it. And we'll have to see, you know, they, they, they're probably taking a conservative approach too. And, and they'll get into this maybe a year or two and realize there's just no reason to lock them because everybody's paying it off. And so the, the policy may change as well, but it is frustrating when it's a, a device that you should kind of have that control over. But um, I, I guess in that uh, sense, you may just have to go buy your own unlocked phone instead, you know, and pay it all up front, I suppose would be the, the, uh, the workaround, but it's still, yeah, we'll, we'll just have to see how it uh, plays out. I'm I'm guessing they're going to keep these unlocking restrictions uh, and sl- not restrictions, but policies in place where they will unlock it for you if you're going to use it, um, you know, internationally. But again, maybe not. They, what do they care? You know, they're going to say just figure it out. But um, either way, yeah, it's it's a good point and and something that it kind of rubs me the wrong way. And so 
I'll, uh, at some point, we'll probably come back around to this when we get some more information on how these devices actually come about and how people are actually able to use them when they get them in their hands. Next one, uh, and finally today, a question from Kevin. He says, I was wondering if you guys have a favorite podcast app for your iPhone or iPad. I'm using an old version of Instacast right now, but just looking to see if there's anything better out there. On a side note, I wrote back uh, when my iPhone 5 came out and told you that I had bought the iPhone 5 at full price so I wouldn't lose my unlimited data. Here's a screenshot of my data with three more days to go on my plan. Thanks for the great work. I always look forward to the next podcast, Kevin. Well, thanks, Kevin. So first, let's talk about the screenshot that uh, he sent over. His data usage for the month, which, like he says, still has three days left, is 19.8 gigabytes. 19.8. If we were to choose the 20 gig option on one of the share everything plans, that would be $150 a month for the data alone, not to mention the 40 bucks along uh, that he needs to get the voice and text on there. But since he's on the $30 unlimited plan, he's saving $120 a month. So the cost of that full price iPhone has was fully made up within three months. Definitely a good scenario for sticking with that unlimited plan. 19.8 gigabytes. It's a lot of data, but uh, you know, it's not uncommon. I mean, that's why they went to these tiered plans, but I, you know, like for me, it, it, it didn't matter to go to the tiered plan, but that's uh, excellent that they had that ability to keep that uh, plan by buying the phone full price. I mean, yeah, that's, uh, that's easily justified easily. Yeah, you know, and I, I was talking to my brother this week about it, and he was saying he was he was uh, away for a while, and, and all he had with him was his phone, and, uh, you know, so he was watching Netflix every single night, and, you know, he got like 20 days into the month or something, and he got the notice that it, when you're on AT&T, he was on AT&T, when you're on AT&T with the unlimited plans, uh, and it's on LTE, you actually get five gigs, so he had hit the five gigs, and uh, I thought... Well, my first comment was, that's all you hit was five gigs? <laughs> when I, he's like, well, it wasn't, you know, it, it was a lot, but, you know, I was only watching, you know, a TV show here or there. It wasn't like a three-hour movie every night. But uh, but it, I just thought that was interesting that, you know, he he's someone who doesn't even think about this type of stuff, and he happened to come across the limitation. And, of course, it still worked. It just was really, really slow, and he could no longer stream movies. So, anyway. Uh, but, uh, nonetheless, 19.8 gigs, tons of data. So, obviously, for Kevin and for those that are doing things like Kevin does, whatever it is, whether it's downloading or streaming video or songs or whatever it is. Yeah, certainly it makes sense. Uh, as far as podcast apps, Kevin, uh, I personally use the Apple podcast app right now. I switched over to it when it first came out, but quickly left due to the lack of features. Uh, it is much better now. And so I'm back on to it due to the syncing of the feeds across iCloud between my Mac, iPhone and iPad. So it's pretty easy to manage. You just pop those in on your, on your either any of those computer phone, iPad, they're all right there. Uh, and so that's what I'm using. It's not really ro- very robust though. And I, I kind of, there's, there's two real factors that, that for me play into, uh, play into account here. And that's number one that I can control how it syncs. Like it can either auto download or not auto download. It can do it over Wi-Fi. Uh, so if you can control how it downloads, which the, the Apple one does, I like that. And actually the bigger one for me is that it plays at two times the speed of the podcast. I love listening to stuff, but I, if I, if it goes long, uh, I will lose interest. So I have to keep it going very, very quickly. And, um, so I will, and it does it. So I, I do recommend and, and use that one. Although again, uh, it's not it's not perfect. The other one that I would say would be a good one to look at is one called Podcaster. I've used it for years. I love it. Um, I know there are lots of other apps that are out there that people use and love for their podcast. So uh, if we want to give uh, Kevin a recommendation, please send it in to us uh, if you have them, and we will let him know 
We'll share them on a future show for your favorite ways. Maybe how you're listening to this show right now. If it's not podcast or if it's not the podcast app from Apple and you've got an iPhone or iPad, let us know what it is. We'll share it on a future show. Finally, today, before we head out, just a reminder, like we said at the top of the show, we'll be taking next week off. 358 will be back. That will come on April 5th. If you have any questions or comments, send us them at questions at the cell phone junkie.com or give us a call 206-203-3734. We'll get them on a future show, whether it's a podcast recommendation or some other question that you may have. Joey, thank you very much as always for your time. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening. For more information about the stories you've just heard, visit us at the cell phone junkie.com.